Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of Guitar Talk at guitartalkofficial.com. I'm your host, Jimmy Warren. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have a great show for you today. We are going to present to you some people that, I don't know if they're on your radar or not, but they should be great, great bands. Before I get into the guests and stuff like that, you see I'm holding this beautiful, see it says Burke. Burt Telecaster, that's what it is. Now, this is the brand new Jimmy Warren uh, signature Burt Telecaster. It is a swamp ash, roasted swamp ash body, absolutely gorgeous. It has a roasted maple neck and fretboard. It's got a Wilkinson roller nut. It's got Spurzel tuning pegs, bare knuckle pickups, hip shop bridge, three-way blade switch, locking strap locks. This baby is an absolute beast. Now, this pickup is a P90. This one is a humbucker, and it does anything. It's, you can play any style of music on this sucker because it gives you exactly what you need. It's gorgeous guitar. It's made in the United States, actually in Indiana, by Joe Burke at Burke Guitars. Uh, you can get it now at BurkeGuitarsUSA.com and JimmyWarrenOfficial.com. It is $11.99. Normally a guitar like this would be around $25 to $3,500 bucks in that, but we made sure that uh, it was at a price point that was affordable in that because, man, it's nice. When you can get a hand-built custom guitar that feels and plays this good for 1200 bucks man that's unheard of you know what i mean that's unheard of and so it's a great guitar so do yourself a favor go to burt guitars at burtguitarsusa.com or jimmywarrenofficial.com in our store and you can you can grab one of these for christmas yeah it's gonna be awesome <laughs> so okay now uh in January, uh, on the 29th, Sunday the 29th, Guitar Talk is hosting the Illinois Guitar and Gear Expo at the Kankakee County Fairgrounds in Kankakee, Illinois. Uh, it's a buy-sell trade show. Dealers are coming in from all over the country. Uh, tell you what, it's going to be an absolutely amazing show. This guitar, Anjo Burke from Burke Guitars, is going to be there. But there's going to be people from all over the country that are coming in. It's perfect if you have gear and you want to, you know, you're trying to sell a guitar or an amp or something like that, or if you're looking for something unique or new or whatever, it's a great thing uh, to come on down. But there's a few things that we're doing this year that adds to how amazing it's going to be, and that's the new uh, Vintage Guitar Magazine Clinic Stage. That's right, we got a brand new clinic stage that's uh, sponsored by Vintage Guitar Magazine. Uh, where you're going to be able to see clinics around different products, different types of gear, and stuff like that from our vendors and that. And, uh, you know, so you can get some in-depth information, ask questions, see things in action. And so we think that's going to be really cool. But on top of that, we now have a, uh, uh, a meet and greet time at the Guitar Talk booth. This year, we've got Jared James Nichols. Yeah, yeah. Jared James Nichols is going to be here. Uh, Chuck Wenfer from uh, Blacktop Mojo, the guitarist, man, what a great player. Joanna Connors, the queen of the blues, man. She is the queen of blues guitar. And Steve Scorfina, the original guitarist for REO Speedwagon, 
They're all going to be here to uh, meet and greet everybody. They're going to be at the Guitar Talk booth. It's going to be an absolute great time. It's a good time to come in and meet those guys, get a photo, take pictures, you know, and uh, get an autograph and, and that. We're going to raffle off a Jared James Nichols Epiphone, Les Paul, uh, and some other things that are uh, where the proceeds are going to the Guitars for Vets organization, which is an organization that helps veterans with uh, PTSD. So a lot going on there. It's going to be great. You can go to IllinoisGuitarExpo.com for more information. Now, the day before, Saturday, September 28th, I am going to host an all-star jam at the Looney Bin in Bradley, Illinois, which is in the same area as the guitar show, of course. And this is going to be a pre-party. Now, I'm not going to tell you who's coming to the all-star jam. I'm just not going to do it. You know, you can't, you know, you can't twist my arm or anything. I am just not going to do it. But uh, you're going to want to come down because it's going to be an amazing night of music. There's going to be some talented, talented musicians there that night. And so uh, it's going to be great. That's at the Looney Bin on Saturday, uh, January 28th. That's going to kick off at 7 p.m. That's in Bradley, Illinois. For more information, you can go to IllinoisGuitarExpo.com or JimmyWarrenOfficial.com. Now, I've got uh, I've got a guy leading in to the show tonight that I wanted to bring to your attention. And that before I tell you about who my main guest is, and that I've never done this before, so you know, so for, forgive me for the the extra long intro. But there's a cat that's been on my radar that needs a little bit of help. And so I wanted to present it to you. There's a blues artist in the Chicago, Northwest Indiana area named Caruso Fuse. Caruso won the uh, Blues Challenge for the Blue Steel Blues Society in Indiana. He is slated to go to the International Blues Challenge in Memphis, where all the bands from around the world come together to compete in order to uh, win the, the IBC. Now, he's trying to raise a little bit of money to get there. Now, uh, he did something. He took some initiative. He went down to Buddy Guys, and you know, because Buddy's there all the time, and he got Buddy to sign uh, a white Stratocaster, Fender Stratocaster. And so Caruso is raffling that Stratocaster off in order to raise money so that he can go to this uh, Blues Challenge. Tickets are $25 right there is his QR code in that uh, the information is going to be in the description as well for the show. And that links, his name's Caruso Fuse. You can also find him on social media, Facebook, and all over the place where he's getting information. So you're going to hear Caruso right before. We're going to get a, a couple of minutes of, of talking with him, introducing him, and finding out exactly what he's doing and what's going on. He's he's a really good player, and, you know, uh, he had a legend sign a guitar because he needs to go somewhere where he's working out the kinks of trying to become a legend himself someday. And uh, so you need to support him. All right. Now, the main... <laughs> Right, the main course for Guitar Talk this week is Xander and the uh, Peace Pirates from the UK, all the way from across the pond. Now they're a great band. Now I've got a really good friend in the industry that sent some people my way that brought Xander and the Peace Pirates to the forefront of 
you know, my computer screen. <laughs> and uh, after checking them out and spending some time with them in an interview, I really discovered they're cool guys, man. Great musicians, great songs, somebody you really, really need to know about. So it's Xander and the Peace Pirates. You're going to love this interview. You're going to dig these guys a lot. So do yourself a favor, sit down, put your feet up, get a nice cool beverage, and tune into this episode of Guitar Talk with my guest, Xander and the Peace Pirates, right here on Guitar Talk. Okay, Derek, you, you won the, um, the Blue Steel uh, Blues Challenge with the Blue Steel um, Blue Society over in Northwest Indiana, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, how many bands participated in that? Uh, there was only four. It, with it only being their second year of competition, yeah. um, it's still a newer society. You know what I mean? It's in the very early stages. And and as you mentioned, Sam and Kenny, we're all trying to make it grow as much yeah. as possible to get new members to the Blue Steel Blue Society. But uh, it uh, there was only four bands and us, so five total, I believe. Okay, okay. Well, you know what? Uh, sometimes that's that's all there is. I know the Chicago Blues Challenge a few times has only had four or five bands. So, you know, it's just the way that it is. And that takes place all over the world. I mean, guys are doing that all over the world. And then you're all going to meet everybody that won in their in their towns and in their societies is going to meet up in Memphis. And you guys are just going to go at it. It's going to be like a cage match to see who comes out as the king of the blues, right? Head cutting, I think. Buddy guy and them used to call it. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Cutting heads. So uh That's right. so you gotta be excited. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I've never made a journey like this. I've never done any extensive touring or anything like that. I'm kind of new to the scene. The band only came around about two years ago, uh, right before the pandemic happened. Uh, we had our first show at Buddy Guys. It was uh it was it was it was a cool date. O two, two two, two o. So it was literally about three weeks before everything hit the fan. And Buddy came up on stage with us and sang a, a little bit with us. The tip jar was excellent that night. And uh, anyways, um, yeah. It as far as the you know we're fresh we're a fresh new band. We've never done anything like this competition. Yeah, well, that that's cool. It's exciting. It's exciting in that, and when you know you go on that journey. First of all, I got to know when Buddy came up on stage and played. Was it slow blues in A? Uh, it was in C this time. Oh, okay. But slow blues, yes, absolutely. Nonetheless, that's what he yeah. loves. He loves to yeah. tell a little story. Right. Yeah. Normally, it's slow blues in A. I'm surprised he he journeyed out, but that's cool. That's yeah. Cool. That's cool. So you're trying to you're right now. What you're doing is, is you're trying to to raise a little a little cash so you, you can get the band to to Memphis to participate in this thing. So you did something a little innovative. You took that strat you have in your hand, and you went to Buddy Guys and you got Buddy to sign it, and now you're yeah. gonna pull it off to raise a little bit of money. There you go. Yeah, it's uh, just the standard. It's got Jimmy Vaughn vibes, in my opinion, and that's why I bought it. It's not got the one ply pick guard. It's still a five ply, yeah. and it's like a two thousand stick six standard. Nothing, nothing fancy, but it's right. fancy now that this man, you know, right here before his farewell tour, was kind enough to 
I told them it was for a fundraiser. I mean, we got to stay down there for a week and we're going to rent a van. We need hotels. You know, it's, there's some finances involved that I had no knowledge of really, because I, like I said before, I've never done anything quite like this or done a, a little tour or really right. much traveled out of the uh, tri-state area. Right. Right. So, so what you're doing is, is that uh, you've got a, a PayPal account set up so that people can pay, what is it? $25 for, to enter in. For a ticket. Yeah. They pay 25 for one. Right. They pay $25. They get a ticket. They get entered into the raffle and whoever right. wins, if they don't live around you, you're going to ship that to them. I would probably end up driving it to them or meeting them somewhere. You know what I mean? It's what got a case Montana? and all that. But still it's... What, what, if what if they're in Bozeman? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know, I guess you do have a point there. We'll meet halfway. We'll meet halfway. Halfway. Uh, there you go. I still think it'd be cheaper to ship it, but that's okay. Sure. That's really 25 cool. or ticket, and they can find me on paypal at caruso's blues 0718 and they can or they can come to a show in person of course and pay cash the old school way you know i mean it seems like it's gone by the wayside these days everybody wants to do digital but we can do both right right okay so so that aside you know i, I hope that people will you know, respond and, and buy some tickets and that. And I told them in the video that I posted earlier, if they win it and they don't want it, they can always give it to me. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's, uh, you know, since he's going on his farewell tour, yeah. I mean, you, you know, as well as I do, and some of the other musician in the Chicago blues community that he doesn't sign a lot of other guitars. He signs his polka dot. If you if you buy a polka dot and one there right in front of him, he'll sign it for you. Right. But other guitars that aren't his, he doesn't really like to do that. And they told me it was going to be next to impossible. But right. I I went to the Marty Stammen. It was a blues fling jam, memorial right. jam at Legends. And uh, I watched him ask my friend Daniel the keyboard player for Joanna Connor right now to come on his farewell tour and play. I watched this happen live in front of me sitting there. Ronnie Baker Brooks was sitting next to me, Dave Herrero, Pete Delanis. These people are just sitting right next to me. And buddy asked him on stage, they were doing a slow blues in probably a, or, you know, and <laughs> yeah, I watched him ask him to come on the tour and fill Marty's spot right on the spot. And right after that, I just walked up there and I told him this is for a fundraiser. You know, I'm trying to raise a little bit of money to send the band down there to make sure we got food and gas and, you know, hotel to stay in and all that. So, and he signed it right there for me, he took a picture with me and everything. He was really nice about it. Yeah. He, he must've had a couple of, a couple of drinks. You know, a couple of drinks. Now, I'm going to tell you a story that I haven't told anybody before. I mean, people close to me know this story, but uh, you can see back there, maybe you can see it. There's a cigar box guitar sitting right there, right? And yeah. at one point in time, um, I was, when I worked in television, we were trying to, to do a, a series on blues music venues. And so what I did was, uh, I had these cigar box guitars made with the the information of the um, TV show on the back, and then okay. everybody everybody that was involved in the show that I interviewed. I mean, there was like it was the who's who of blues and jazz. Sure, I had them all sign it. Well, 
I don't know if you wow. remember this, but uh, about seven or eight years ago, there was a huge tornado that went through the Galesburg area, right? Okay, and in, I remember seeing it on the news. Yeah, and in Galesburg, there used to be a venue that uh, uh, Burl owned called the uh, Fat Fish Pub. That's where, you know, guys, blues guys would tour through and they would play the Fat Fish. Well, I decided to help the community and do a uh, benefit concert at the Fat Fish and a, uh, uh, a silent auction, right, uh, to raise money to help the people, the community. So I had another one of those guitars made, a second one made, and I, f I figured wow. I'm already going to give the one that's already completely autographed. I'm going to give that one in the raffle. I'm going to donate that one. And so I decided I'll take the other one up to Chicago, right? I know okay. known Buddy since, you know, the late 80s. And I'll, I'll get Buddy to sign the cigar box because it's to help that community in Galesburg. And, sure. uh, you know, and then we'll put that in the raffle, too. So I got and I, I drove up to Chicago, which is an hour for me. I went in there. Buddy was sitting there. I walked up to Buddy with the guitar. We chatted for a second. And I said, hey, I said, you remember that that tornado in Galesburg area? And I said, I'm doing a benefit. I'm trying to raise some money. Would you sign this guitar? Because I want to put it in a raffle. And he And this is exactly what he said to me. I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to. He said, you know, I've been a guitar center all day signing guitars. I'm not signing that fucking guitar. <laughs> I'm not signing I'm not doing else. it. I'm not doing it. I'm not, he's, I'm not signing nothing else. He looked at me like, you know, I had three heads. And I'm like, oh, come on, man. I said, it's, you know, it's, it's a benefit for a community that is devastated. I said, you know what? Right. The four, five, six hundred dollars it'll raise, you know, it helps in that and man he was so adamant about not signing it but i finally you know i finally convinced him to sign it then i said okay i'm gonna i handed him the guitar i said i'm gonna take a picture of you with it and i went to take a picture and you know his handler just manhandled me and pushed me aside and said don't you ever take a friggin picture of buddy guy and i was like oh my god and so he but they ended up the the handler ended up taking a picture of me with buddy and the guitar but he was pretty fucking adamant about not signing yeah. that guitar, you know. <laughs> I've, I've played there a few times in the past year, and I've seen yeah. that happen yeah. every time I'm in there. I, I, I'm not surprised to the least bit. They're, they're pretty hardcore about it. But yeah. in, in the reality, when, he, when you ask him, he was so nice to do it. Mm. You know, I mean, he did it for both of us. Yeah, he, yeah. Because we asked him, and he was just nice enough to do it. And that's just the kind of guy he is. He's that... Yeah genuine but but years ago you know what i mean i'm talking years ago when i used to hang out in there and play in there all the time in that you you probably could have got him to sign it no problems asked nothing asked you know what i mean it would have been nothing i don't know if he he's signed 200 guitar center guitars that day yeah probably probably you know and then i show up with that cigar box you know trying to get it taken care of in that but so so how did you you know let, let's just, we'll go down this rabbit hole how'd you it, it, how'd you get into the blues i mean what why why did you choose the blues let's face it i love the blues i grew up playing in the playing the blues and that but it's 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 a i say it's a tough market because it's like one percent of the market 
You know what I mean? The music market, right. blues is like a half a percent of that market or or one percent. So it's it's there's not a lot of opportunity. There's not a lot of money. There's a lot of you know all that kind of stuff. So uh, I'm gonna guess that it's because you love doing it as opposed to any other reason. But what what made you go down that route? I mean, after finding a few of my dad's records, he had records stashed away in a closet and I discovered them. I didn't know what they were. Uh, we were still listening to tapes and CDs were, you know what I mean? So after finding those, uh, he knew a lot of people in the musician scene because he was a musician. He knew Kenny and the Kinsey Report and Big Daddy mm -hmm. and them. He took me to see a guy named Carl Weathersby as a kid. Mm -hmm. And funny story about that, this flying V right here is my Carl Weathersby flying V. He signed it about a year ago. Yeah. And I, I love before he signed it a lot. It was one of my regular guitars. Well, I played the signature off of this guitar. So now I have to like, I'm going to have to get another pick guard and take you know what I mean? I can't because now it was right here and now it's completely gone. You can't even see it, but it's got his mojo. He played it a little bit and signed it for me. It's just an Epiphone. Nothing, nothing fancy. It's got a P90 and a DeMarzio. So when you're in the middle, it's got that Albert King out of phase. Right, it's right. A very right. out of phasey sound. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, yeah. That's cool, though. That's cool, though. Great story. After you know? watching him, that's how I got started, was watching guys like him. And, uh, well, uh, there was another guy from Hammond, Indiana. His name was Jimmy Jacobs. And uh, he, he was not in the Blues Hall of Fame or anything. He was just a local guy that played blues shows twice a week, and they were open jams. And guys like him and Carl actually gave me a chance to Right. get on stage with them when i was 16 17 years old i'm 33 now yeah well you know that's the way the that's the one thing i can say about the blues is that's the way that it happens for a lot of guys in that i, I don't know how it is nowadays but you know i i knew i knew years ago it was because for me that guy was buddy scott from buddy scott and the rib tips now you know uh what's his name um Oh crap! Uh, uh, oh man, I I can't remember his name right now. I can see him. You know, he's a big guy with a beard and a hat like this kind of. Uh, but anyway, he was in he was in Buddy's band and that. And now he's you know Nick Moss. It was Nick Moss. Nick oh. Moss was in Buddy's band. Uh, Nick Nick's brother, what's his name? Jim or Jeff or uh, Joe Joe Moss. Joe was also in Buddy's band, but Buddy was that guy for me. He would uh, he would invite me everywhere. I mean, I played with Sugar Blue and Tyrone Davis and Sun Seals and you know just a slew of guys. All the all the Chicago Cats at the time, like Little Max Simmons and Lefty Diz, and uh, um, you know just, there was just just so many different cats like that. But there there's there used to be, and I don't know what it is now, but there used to be some old timers. They would take guys like us under their wing, kind of, because they could see that we had a passion and a love for it. And That's right. They'd invite you and they'd invest in you and stuff like that. Now, do you see that? I'm not in the blues world anymore. I'm not playing the blues clubs and stuff like that anymore. Do you see that today? Are guys doing that today? 
I mean, honestly, when I was when I was a kid and I was in high school, like 2006 to 2008, I had a band uh, named C4, the C4 Blues Band. And we we played with Shirley King, one of BB's daughters for a number right. of years. And then uh, Coco Taylor had a little record company called Spellbound Records. And yeah. um, anyways, right before she passed, about a year before she passed, well, she put us on there and we started to make uh, some recordings um, she actually came out to a show of ours in Indiana. Uh, it was at a place called Second Dimensions on Route 30 in Sheriffville. Uh, and she actually came up on stage with us. She's like, you guys do Wang Dang Doodle for me? So we did it. You know, and she came up there and sang the whole thing on our PA system. I still got that microphone. Still got that that mic, that SM58. Yeah, yeah. it's in the hall. It's in a case somewhere. Huh? That's right, cool. right. That's cool, but you know. Now, but nowadays, other than buddies, and buddies, and you know, really a couple of my friends that live around here, like Corey Dennison and Nick Bird and Jeff Massey from Steepwater, they seem to be a little more accepting of me now. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it, 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 you know, sometimes it takes people a little bit of time to warm up up to you you know and a lot of those a lot of those you know uh legends you know are are gone you know a lot of the cats that were around back when i started and stuff back in the 80s and that they're you know they're gone but uh right. but it was it, but it was it was so cool to be around it at that time i mean it was like i always felt like the people were really really genuine in that but uh and it seemed like as time went on, I moved farther away from it personally because I felt like some of that was gone. You know what I mean? It was like, sure, yeah. you know, it's like, it's just, it just didn't feel the same. You know what I mean? It just didn't, I don't know. It just, it wasn't the same in that. Even, but, though, even though we're by Chicago, which is, you know, by far one of the capitals of the world, as far as blues goes, I still feel like it's diminishing slightly and yeah. shrinking. Not yeah. not due to anybody's fault or anything, you know what I mean? But I mean, they just don't play good blues music on the radio for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Well, doesn't make any sense to me. But there's, that's nothing, there's nothing being there's nothing being played on the radio anymore. It's like, you know, all the good rock stations are gone too. You know, there's. I mean, but True. yeah. But it's cool that you're you know that you're doing your thing and you're keeping it alive and and you're moving it along and. You know, and you got to do what Buddies you love. Let us have our CD release party. Is he really? April. They, well, this past April, we put out that CD, uh, Mine and Theirs. Yeah. And Buddies was nice enough to let us have our CD release party there. And he was not in town because he was on tour, but we still sold over 200 CDs that night. And it was a great audience. They stayed till the very end of the night. They didn't leave for the second set. It was a, it was, that was this past April this year. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, good for you, man. Good for you. Well, I'll tell you what, I wish you all the best of luck in the, in the IBCs. I hope that you raise some money so that you can get down there in that. And, uh, you know, and once you win, man, it's just, you got a tour, 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 man. It's like, <laughs> I'm going to have, uh, I'm going to have two fundraisers, one in Chicago and then one for the Indiana folks. The one in Chicago is December 5th, and it's at Blue 26. 
right there kind of by buddies on Wabash, downtown Chicago, December 5th. It's a Monday. If you're not doing anything, you should come down there too. Corey Dennison, Ivan Singh, Zach Avery, myself, and the Blues Fuse. We're having a big holiday Christmas blues jam yeah. up there. All the back lines already there, everything. Just bring your guitars and come out and jam. We are going to sell raffle tickets for the Stratocaster at that event. The Strat will be there so people can look at it and that. And then December 18th, the Blue Steel Blues Society from Indiana, Sam and Ken and all the team out there are having their fundraiser to help us get to Memphis at Buddy and Pals in Crown Point, Indiana. And that's December 18th from 4 to 7 p.m. Uh, all the members of the Blue Steel Blues Society can come and eat and drink for free. If you're not a member, you have to pay at the door to become a member and then you can get in as well. Right. Well, I'll have to talk to Sam about that. So uh, <laughs> what day is that and what day is that on? You said the 18th? December 18th would be a Sunday. Sunday. Okay. And then December the 5th, the first one in Chicago is a Monday night. Yeah. I hate driving north of I-80. So you stand a better chance to get me in Indiana than we would in Chicago. <laughs> well, hey, you, you Make sure you're a member if you come out there to the Crown Point Buddy and Pals. To The Blue Spews will be there. I'm yeah. sure if Kenny wants to play some bass, we're going to get him up there. You can come up and play some if you want with us. There's yeah. going to be food and a silent auction. We're actually working on a bass guitar right now. I'm hoping to get it. Kenny and me are trying to get Johnny B. Gaden from Alligator Records to sign it and raffle that off at December 18th in Indiana there. Johnny's a bad dude, man. He, he man. Whew. I, I did some shows. Kenny knows him. I don't know him. I yeah. don't know him. I did, knows him. I did some things, some work with Johnny years ago, back in the early 90s and stuff. I forget the cat he was playing with. It was a white guitar player. It was a trio. Man. Johnny Winter? No, it wasn't Johnny Winter. No, no, no. It, was, it wasn't nobody like that. He was, he was a Chicago guy in that he would okay. johnny, johnny begaden was playing with albert collins at the time too you know so you know because he right. was you know bass player for a long time but there was this there was a guy in chicago i can't remember his name that he did shows with in that and so wow. i used to do shows with them and so that's how i but that's cool johnny's a great player well man i wish you all the the best of luck in in that and uh you know ibc's man I really appreciate you having me on the show, man. It means a lot. Are you Hello. there? All right. Hello, mate. How's it going? Good, man. How are you, Jimmy? You all right, buddy? Yeah, you know, I've never talked to pirates before. Really glad, uh, you know. It's I'm really glad to be able to meet you guys and to have this opportunity. And is that a Gibson or a Heritage? It's a Gibson, you? yeah. Okay, what year is it? It's like a 2004, I think. Okay, all right. Yeah, oh, nice. So you showing a bit. It's uh, got a bit of a flamey kind of top Close. on it. Play some legs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So is is that all you guys do? Is this all you guys do, or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike's a bit of a wizard. He he does um, music videos and all kinds as well, and produces uh -huh. and records. He's, he's so, genius. 
So did you do the videos for everything you guys have done? Yeah, yeah. nearly all of it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, Mike did most of those videos. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Really, really great job. Really, um, yeah, a lot of them were done in this room, weren't they? Quite yeah, most of them were done. Quite a few of the videos. Yeah. Yeah, that's really great job. Really yeah, good. Man. Really good. Really good. Fine so music. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what i i gotta be honest and, and forgive me I, you know i was unaware of the band until you know until ross reached out to me through a good friend a mutual friend of ours and uh i was uh i was really really excited to hear you guys because some of my favorite artists come from you know your side of the world you know i'm a huge alan nemo fan and i love ben Poole and you know, Marcus Demel, and there's so many great people over there. And so it seems like music is just flourishing over on that side of the world. Is it, does it feel that way or does it just appear that way to me? No, there does seem to be a, a bit of a scene going on, doesn't there? The yeah, there definitely got is. Yeah. We, yeah. Know, we know all those guys that you just mentioned. So it's cool to have people doing, um, you know, keeping that kind of music alive. Yeah 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 so so what, what has it been like for you guys though since you know the world's kind of started to come back around because it you know it was really difficult for musicians and i know in I've, I've heard that in some parts of europe and that it's still still little you know little tough in that you know yeah. tour and things but uh you know how has it been coming out of that and being able to you know get back out on stage it took a little bit of a, it was a bit of a shock to the system, wasn't it, to begin with, getting back to gigging. Yeah. We were quite lucky that a yeah. lot of the gigs that had been cancelled had been postponed. And then as soon as everything opened up, we went straight back into gigging. So we did all the festivals mm -hmm. and all the gigs and shows that we were meant to do in the previous year and a half. All the ones that were cancelled, yeah. Yeah, just all of a sudden. So we were suddenly back to playing, like one of our first shows were playing to like 500 people in like a packed tent. Yeah. <laughs> and it was weird. Yeah, there was a lot of gigs. There was a lot of gigs suddenly because it was just a, a, a backlog of gigs that had been yeah, cancelled. We suddenly it was just loads of gigs. We so. were lucky that they were all uh, kind of rescheduled. So, yeah, we were lucky when it yeah, opened up again. we were strangely busy, probably busier than ever. Really? Yeah. So, yeah. so what did, how did you guys take advantage of, of the downtime? You know, I know some people had music that they wanted to release and they couldn't or they didn't because of what was going on and some guys took advantage of you know spending more time with their instruments spending more time as a band writing mm. music i mean what was that like for you guys was it a positive thing i mean i know it wasn't a positive thing no, you know, I, no. You know but yeah. was it a i mean was there a benefit to it for you guys we didn't really do anything we fortunately like about two weeks before <laughs> lockdown um here we recorded I don't know how many, like five yeah, songs, like, um, like live in this room. Um, so we had all of those that were unreleased. So after a few months, we put that out as a kind of live streamed kind of mini gig. So um, to try and uh, make a little bit of money and yeah. uh, do a gig and, you know, show people some new videos. So, so we had that. But beyond that, we, we didn't see each other for a year. We no, didn't do we, anything. Yeah. We yeah. were just all, uh, all with our families and stuff, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, I spent a lot of time skateboarding with my daughter, teaching her to skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> trying to teach her guitar, but she's not interested. Not yet. Yeah. Seven, nearly seven. So maybe she'll start showing a bit of interest. Yeah. Well, be inspired. That would, that would be nice. That would be nice. So why don't you guys give me a little bit of background? 
you know, on you guys, uh, you know, how did, how, how did this band, you know, come together? I mean, I, I mean, nobody's named Xander, right? We, we, well, our surname's Xander, Keith and Stu Xander, that's where it comes oh, from. Oh, okay, okay. I yeah, didn't know so your last so names. I only knew your first name. Okay. Yeah, Keith and Stu Xander, obviously Mike is, but we're, my brother's not here right now, but yeah, he, he yeah. we formed the band originally. Um, it's just me and my brother, we were going out doing a lot of duo gigs and forming musicians around us. And we were already good friends with Mike. He's basically our neighbor um, when we lived uh, in Anglican Court, um, just around the corner from here. Um, so yeah, and the, we, we were all always jamming and stuff anyway. So it just, it's, it's, it seemed like the most sensible thing to do is to- Yeah, and I'd, I'd actually recorded these guys in their previous yeah. incarnation of the band and um, done a bit of recording with them. And then, um, and then we kind of started doing stuff when we, um, yeah. when these guys were seen by Gibson and we went to fly out to Nam in LA and did that. And, um, and I started playing with them around that time. Yeah, yeah. Because the first time we went out, you you were filming us, weren't you? Yeah. You, get, you were getting involved in that side of thing. He was Mike was helping us document our trip to LA, and we got to meet all kinds of people like um, Eddie Kramer. Eddie Kramer was going to record us, and he was lovely, wasn't he? We we loved Eddie, um, but that ended up costing too much, and we couldn't yeah. get the funding together to go out and do it in LA. But um, but yeah, we didn't we, have a band at that time. There no, wasn't no, a bass player no and drummer. It was just the three of us. And then kind of after that, the band kind of took shape as it is now. We found the Goldbergs, didn't we? Yeah, so the uh, the drummer and the bass player are brothers as well. Yeah. Adam and Joel Goldberg. So it's just yeah, a big family affair. A band yeah. of brothers. Yeah, there you go. There yeah. you go. So, so what were your, you know, uh, I don't know how to... What what would you say is what influenced you to to even go down this path of you know trying to carve out a career in music because you know anybody that's done it I've been in this business since '88 and it's it's flat out insane always has been yeah and so so what made you make the decision from not being a pro skateboarder and being a uh, you know audio engineer into you know deciding to just go down this road and make music for a living it's insanity i think yeah probably. i don't i yeah. don't know if it was <laughs> all right that makes sense it just happened <laughs> yeah yeah well, no, you know so, think... some people have a certain thing you know that that happens in their life that just kind of you know moves them in that direction and you never know you know there's sometimes you can get an interesting well, i think yeah you, i think you see the impact it has on people and and when they hear hear a, a a certain message in the music and inspires them, you know, um, having one arm and if I inspire another one-armed person to play also two arm, it doesn't matter as long as it inspires someone or Mike inspires someone with his amazing beard. And my, you my know, two arms. And your two arms, you know, it's so, <laughs> no, it's just, it, I mean, it's, it was, a, it's about inspiring people and, and passion really. Passion is what seems to really drive it on. Is our passion for music? Yeah, and I don't know what else we do really. No, I mean we've always done like gigs uh, separately uh, before this band, and we still do bits and pieces yeah. separately. But um, we've always made money doing gigs and playing music. So we're fortunate that this band has started making a little bit of money, and we can do this to make you know yeah. to make mm -hmm. our living as well. 
Mm. Um, yeah, it's not it's not the easiest thing. No, uh, no, it isn't the, the it's not like uh, just. I mean, it's it's got it's like everything. It's got its ups and downs, hasn't it? You know, it's pluses and minuses. There's an uncertainty to what we do, but at the same time, it's exciting and we yeah. we love writing. We've been writing this this afternoon, this evening. You know, just write, you know writing songs. It's just a great thing to be able to come together and write a powerful song that will maybe go on to inspire others. I think that's the main thing, though, is that it's the impact it has on people and the way it. You know, we feel great, don't we, when we play? We love playing together yeah it's a, it's a blessing yeah. well you know it, it's it's good that you use that word you know inspire you use two really good words inspire and passion you know because uh, mm. some people man they get into this business and they're in it for you know they're in it for themselves they're in it for yeah. you know they're they're you know even though they'll tell you you know uh, i'm not in this for the money i'm in this you know for something else you know better than that you know by the way some people yeah. are but when you when you actually see and hear people talk about you know where you can feel that it really is about you know what can I do to inspire you know and if you don't mind Keith I mean you've got a you've got a perfect platform for that because you know I'm a guy with with two hands mm. and I struggle to play the guitar where you know what I mean so that is an inspiration right. you know when you can see that and you can go wow this guy's probably overcome some shit in order mm. to be able to do this he's doing something that he loves and he's passionate about but yeah. you know tells everybody else that's got two hands it's whining about how difficult it is you're basically telling them to shut the fuck up because <laughs> look <laughs> at me you know right it's like I, well, I it's think just, that's, it's yeah it's 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 a just I think it's just knowing that anything's possible, isn't it? Is it's knowing yeah. the possibility. When people say, "Oh, I can't do that," and it's like, "Well, if I if I can do it, you can do it." And you know, it's nothing special. I think that's this the idea that it's special. You know, or specialist, and anyone can do anything. I I I feel if you put your mind to it and you put, you know, you've got passion for it. I think, like you say, if you if you've got passion for something and you feel inspired, those two those two things seem to light a fire in you to carry on you know and not give up yeah, so, yeah. They, they get you through so so yeah. you guys love music you're passionate about music but are you passionate about the thing that's hanging on the wall behind you i mean you guys love playing the guitar you know oh, yeah. is it something you absolutely love or do you see it as yeah. a tool just to do a job oh no it's just no. it's a joy it's a joy to be able to yeah. do what we do yeah you know even like I said, it's uncertain, you know, we don't make a great deal of money, you know, we could make a lot more money, you know, stripping or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> one hand bandit. <laughs> but maybe you guys, I'm, you know, I'm old and fat, so I ain't going to draw an audience. That's oh, for people sure. People are into that. The people are into all kinds people of stuff. People are into it. Huh? <laughs> yeah, they'll be into it. <laughs> All right. I might have to <laughs> think about it. I'm gonna have to hang up a shingle outside or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, so so tell me a little bit about your music. You know, uh I listened to the, the last album that you guys did, and uh I really love the quality of the recording, first of all. I gotta say, did, did you do that, Mike? Mike and it. Yeah, uh, the quality I of the recording it and stuff. But yeah, we recorded with a, our engineer friend, Tom yes. Roach. Tom Roach. And then right. we did a lot of stuff either here or at my my place and did a lot of the yeah. guitar overdub solos and stuff like that here. Yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, the, the, the crux of it was recorded in Par Street Studios, which is shot now in Liverpool, which is a real shame. It's shot down during lockdown. Um, yeah, the no. studio we recorded it in, so that was that was a shame to hear that. But yeah. Yeah, the quality of the recording was was really, really good. You know, it was oh. it was top notch. But at the same time, the songs were were uh um not what I was expecting. You know what I mean? They were, uh, how do I say this? They were, um, oh, they were, they were diverse. You know what I mean? It wasn't, it wasn't like I was expecting something really rocky or, or, you know, really, you know, blues rock in my face kind of thing. And, uh, and they were really more drawn back and they seemed more polished and more, you know, more with a message you know yeah. and just yeah. you know in your face music in that you know so is is that is that on purpose i mean what's the it's I don't a combination know. isn't yeah, it yeah i don't think um, any of it's on purpose i think yeah just between us and our mm, kind of influences that's what kind of just seems to what how it seems to be what happens yeah mm, because we we like similar things but we also like very different things yeah. so i think we're in a fortunate position which yeah. I think other bands might struggle with when everyone's into the same thing and you end up sounding like that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we've got and that's them. not usually a good thing, I don't think. But we're quite diverse. And um, yeah. so I don't think we could ever end up sounding like one person's mm. uh, thought about it because it's all, yeah. We've all got a lot of influences. You know, there's, there's a lot of influences going from Floyd to Led Zeppelin to singer-songwriter stuff, you know. Uh, Foy Vance and and then Prince. There's so many different, and I think it's all of those influences combined within us all coming together just seems to make this. this the, sound, the second you know? album ended up being a little bit more towards the songs rather than maybe guitar centric. I think the first yeah. album was a little yeah. bit more rocky, maybe, mm, and then yeah. this one, for whatever reason, the songs that ended up on it were a little bit more um songwriter yeah more song based i guess but obviously still a guitar kind of rock band um but that's the funny thing we do a lot of blues gigs and blues festivals and stuff but we we aren't really very uh, don't always fit in do we no but i think a lot of people say it's a bit of a breath of fresh air rather than Mm -hmm. the kind of straight ahead kind of blues rock thing that everyone most of the bands do and we kind of do a little bit of that um but bring kind of songs uh, a little bit more yeah. yeah, you know when you when you start to make it more about the song than than um, than just the music or just your playing, I mean that's that's where it really seems like uh, a band or a songwriter or whoever really mm. is starting to grow or mature as as a musician in that because so many people are focused on either their playing or the music aspect of it as opposed to just the overall crafting a great song. Yeah, or the genre, that's what we find a lot. Everyone is, uh, a lot of people in the same vein as us are really, really going for this genre specific sound. Mm. And you get kind of pigeonholed and you kind of, yeah, just for me kind of repeats what has been done before a lot. Um, But yeah, I think being a bit more open and letting, yeah, yeah, being flexible yeah. with the genre, not trying to be a blues rock band. Right, right. Well, the originality of it is 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 a breath of fresh air, you know, because once again, you know, so many people are trying to fit into a 
you know, mm -hmm. to a ditch or yeah. into, a, into a peg or a hole or whatever. And like you said, once you get into that, well, it's it's difficult to get out. Yeah. You, know, you get you get locked in. And I can say that from experience because I started out in Chicago. Right. Because I live I live outside of Chicago and I started out in Chicago playing with all these blues people, you know, like Buddy Guy and Sun Seals and, you know, all the all the Chicago staples in that. And then when you try to branch out and you know your own way and be your own person in that everybody still thinks of you as the blues guitars for buddy guy or the blues guitars for whoever yeah. and it's it's really hard i mean it's even harder for a side man than it is for a band that was a you know a, a, you know a jerry garcia tribute band that's now going into something you know else in that yeah. so hats off to you guys for you know thinking that way, you know, and may, I, evidently it doesn't sound like it was on purpose. It's just natural for you. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems to just come together the way it does. Doesn't yeah. It? I think Adam and Joel, bass player and the drummer bring a lot of um, stuff as well. They've got a really yeah. huge uh, influences from classical music to, and Zappa and stuff yeah. to like, they know all the Zeppelin stuff and they can play it all and all the Beatles stuff and like fusion, Lawrence, all kinds yeah. aren't they? Jazz and rock fusion. And um, yeah, I think it's signs. Yeah, we don't want to. I don't think we want to go down that road of trying to be a, a guitar band or a blues rock band. Like no. you know, I think some actually who I was going to mention before, like um, Doyle Bramhall, the second we really like, and I think he yeah. does that really yeah. well on his last yeah. two albums, mm -hmm. especially. Yeah, it's not like it's not it's not blues rock. There's loads of influences of soul stuff in there, yeah, and blues, and and it's just yeah, I think he does that really well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that's what I liked about uh, Fleetwood Mac as well. Bands like that, you know, they pick good songs. They like like good songs, you know. So yeah, it's 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 mainly about the songs and then the guitars and whatnot. We, we keep saying we're going to do a riff album though, just riffs and just, just like riff big album. Riff <laughs> just massive distorted riffs. Yeah, we'd love to do that. Just loads of fat riffs all the way through, you know. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I, I'm actually. I I would actually like that. I think we would as well. <laughs> we enjoy playing it. We like our riffs. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's really cool. So so let's talk about you know the, the guitar for for a little bit. You know, as players in that. Um, you know, who were the biggest influences? You know, to both of you. Oh wow! I know I there was a lot, but. Probably my er earliest kind of uh, influences would have been people like Hendrix and Steve Ray Vaughan uh, yeah. from my from my playing and uh, Robin Ford, mm -hmm. uh, players like that. Um, yeah, anyone with the you know even people like, I love Scott McKeon, I love all players like Doyle Brown, I love all players. Yeah. Feel, Derek Trucks, I mean you know Mike. You know, Mike has influences from there. I think you can hear. You know, but yeah, it's it's all done. Um, I mean, who else? Who else? I don't know. I started with Dave Gilmore and um, a lot of classic rock stuff from Thin Lizzy and uh, Mark Knopfler, Dire Straits. That's stuff oh, yeah. that my mum that my mum used to play all the time in the car. So that's that's Same what here, I yeah, exactly. brought exactly. up on. And then and then you know, as you kind of grow, especially as a I've been to like music college and um, uh, and university to do music and that like, you know, widened my kind of horizons. Like 
I got right. madly into Zappa for a little bit, and uh, you love Schofield as well. John Schofield stuff. Schofield. I love all that stuff. Not yeah. it's not anything that I would ever even start to play really, but it just to listen to Wayne Krantz and Wayne Krantz for a bit. And... Wayne Krantz. But yeah, loads, loads. I really like um, J.D. Simo at the moment um, mm. and stuff that he's doing, kind of psychedelic blues stuff. Yeah, he's yeah. great. Um, but yeah, and then, and then, uh, yeah, there's loads of other influences that are not guitarists, but um, like I said, I went through a big jazz phase just listening to sax players and stuff. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Doyle Bramhall and, uh, yeah, that kind of thing. You, you know... Uh, it- it's funny because when I when I first got your CD from Ross, and uh, and I was listening to it, the first thing that I thought was, "This reminds me of the '70s." Okay. You know, it reminds not because the music sounded like the '70s. It just yeah. it, it was it was like the I don't know if it was like the songs and the productions just kind of took me back to where you know once again it was it was about the song. And so, you know, when you look at people's influences as to what's going into their songs, you know, it's always interesting. I, it's it's a cheesy question to ask, who are your influences? Because that's what everybody asks. Yeah. But it really says a lot, you know, when you when you put it in perspective of of your songs, you know, your music and that. Mm-hmm. When you mentioned horns and stuff, you know, I, I think that that's a, a really key aspect for musicians, especially guitar players, you know, to listen to, you know, violin players and horn parts and, you know, different key parts and stuff like that, because that really helps expand your horizon beyond yeah. just listening to, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan or Jimi Hendrix or, you know, or whoever in that. And those influences start to take, you know, mm. you know, I think that's, that's what I like about song. yeah I like that about uh, Robin Ford's playing because he's a yeah. sax player originally and I, I love the because he almost plays like a sax player I like the lines and you know the fluidity to it to the sound so yeah that that crossover of jazz and blues I, I find um, quite exciting you know that sort of uh, playing yeah. on the edge of your seat a little bit yeah yeah I thought we lost the national treasure when he moved to France mm. yeah it's just for me I didn't realize until the other week yeah I saw that. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. great. great I, yeah, he's a, he's an amazing player. He's an amazing yeah. player. I actually have a couple of his road cases that I carry my stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. And that so uh, uh, the the uh, the guitars that you guys use, you know, what's your? I know there's a three thirty five back there, but what's oh, yeah, what's you, your guys's you got, yeah. you got your instrument of choice? I mean. Look. Keith this is mainly a one guitar person. Oh, mainly. Much this. This is a, a, a strap, American strap. You know. Okay. Well, okay. Wait a second. Wait a second. Hold it back up there for a second. Okay. What's by the toggle switch? Oh, that's just a a, a little uh, muff muffle. No, no, no. no. Down there. Here. The toggle. Oh, here. It looks like there's two buttons there. Oh, this is this is for a synth. So so if ah. I ever use a, a loop, we we did a lot of loop pedal pedal gigs when we uh, supported Manfred Mann years ago and Robin Ford and um, you can get bass out of it and right. Right. Of mad stuff. yeah keyboards it hasn't been used for a while though. yeah we haven't used it for a while but um, yeah I do use it from time to time it's called the GR55 and um, yeah that's the pickup yeah uh, the role pickup. basically everything's disconnected isn't it so nothing yeah. yeah, there's no tone control or anything. It's just uh, and the and that's for flicking through the and there's the uh, 
Right. Okay. The, yeah. Yeah. The the input. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's just the pickup selector, isn't it? Nothing else works. Yeah. But yeah. So... <laughs> Black. Why? Why did you choose that guitar, though? Why is that guitar your guitar of choice? I just like the feel of it, and I've got used to yeah. playing it so long. I think it's just become a second nature. How long to... have you had that? Oh, I've had it for way over twenty years. I think. Yeah. Oh, I can't even remember now. Yeah, about 20, 20, 24 years, maybe. 24 years. Well, that's yeah. that's the um, the main thing that you play on Yeah, gigs, this is what it? I play yeah. mostly. Yeah. Um, there is a, um SG that I like, but I need to get that sorted out. That's a really nice guitar as well. Uh, white SG. Um, um, yeah, yeah. On, the, on the album, Keith played a lot of my stuff. I'm more... <laughs> More a bit more of a collector. Yeah, yeah, you've got <laughs> a few more fanatic. One of those I played your telly on a few uh, and on the old yeah. album as well. You, you go quickly. Telly. Yeah. The telly's nice. He's got a very nice telly, sort of a, it's a bit. Uh, yeah. Bass. Oh yeah, cool. great sound. That's cool. That's cool. You got the uh, got the the, uh, the benders on it and the yeah, Duesenberg. Yeah, little yeah. demo, little really. demo. Yeah. Cool. What, what years? What years? What years? Your Fender? What years? The the no years. The Telecaster. Oh, it's not. It's built of all parts. It says oh, parts okay. But um, yeah. So it's like an M MJT body. So oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. some like Lindy Fraylin pickups, which I think all our yeah, single coils or cool. Lindy Fraylin pickups. Those seem to. This did have um, Texas specials in it, but um, yeah, changed to Lindy Fraylin. So a bit, a bit trebly. The, yeah, uh, the Texas specials, and I think because I had all the tone bypass and everything, I think it's it's actually made it even more treblier. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I have to combat that with tone control. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. The tally was used loads on the recording. Keith played it a bit, and yeah. then got um, we got a few. We got given a few guitars from Gibson a few years ago. Very uh, kindly of them. Um, oh yeah, so yeah. Got, this one, this one. This we one we used on a lot of recordings. Our bass player sprayed it though, didn't he? What yeah, was it? it was a sunburst, but um, I didn't like it. it wasn't It wasn't a very nice sunburst. So yeah. uh, now sprayed it gold. That's a gold top. Gold top now. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And then and an SG as well, like a 2013 or 14 SG. Right. Well, you guys must be slim guys to be able to play an SG. I, I was given one back in the seventies by Frank Marino and, uh, I could never play it because I'm a, you know, I'm a chunky guy and it just fits, you know, it just looks weird. It looks like you're a fat guy with a little guitar, you know, it's a, <laughs> we can't, we can't play SGs, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. 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 I was always a strat guy. You know, I was always a strat guy for a long time. And then I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, I started expanding. I decided, well, I'm going to start buying a little bit of everything, you know, bought an EVH, a couple of different Ibanezes, you know, a Reverend, uh, you know, just just a oh, lot, yeah. a lot of different stuff. And then I just started having some guy in tech, uh, not Texas, but Georgia started making me guitars. Yeah. Uh, and ever since then, you know, but I personally feel that if you're on a desert island and you can only have one guitar, that guitar has to be a Telecaster because the Telecaster yeah. really is, you know, the, the best all around. Just as yeah. a yeah. Yeah. 
It is. And they, they all fun. seem to be pretty good as well. I haven't played. I haven't played any tellies that I thought were really terrible. You can just yeah. get any telly, and they just they sound, sound great, don't they? they yeah, they always great. feel great. They're easy to play. Yeah. Very versatile. So, are you guys running straight into amps? Are you pedal guys? You you digital guys? What are you? Well, should we show you? We're actually this sat right here with it. So, can go quickly try and show you. See if this works. How do I flip the camera around? I think like that. Mm. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have to do it this way around. I don't know how to flip the camera. Can we see? So this one's mine. Can you see that now? I sure can. Cool. So yeah, so I'm running a few different uh, fuzz pedals. It's a King of Tone kind of um, clone pedal. Yeah. And then the flint, flint for my tremolos mainly and then the hx stomp just does everything else that i need it to do really right um, so mainly mainly delays i don't use like loads of stuff for it delays and some more reverbs rather than having a hundred different pedals and a massive pedal board it's just much more economical right. to put that so are, are, what amp are you using i run a few different things so i've got uh this jamino oh okay which is like uh it's the club 40 so it's kind of a jtm 45 but like a jtm 50 as well i think yeah and then i've got a super which i've only just recently got uh which is a made by a, a uk company called gartone um and it's got a few little features like you can bypass the the tremolo section to give it a bit of a gain boost and it's got um uh a kind of um what's it called negative feedback control can you jump can, can you jump channels on that amp yeah you can yeah yeah but then the main thing that i use is this old 67 deluxe yeah so cool. that's my that's my main thing that i love and it's it's got a kind of celestian speaker in it um yeah. uh so but that's the that's the one for me uh, yeah, no. But yeah, so it depends. It depends on the mood a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And then Very Keith boring. has got. Uh, pretty straightforward. See if I can do this. It's, uh, so I've got my open open road, and uh, it's just sort of just like a, a bit of a boost. Hear much on this? It's going to sound great on there. Yeah. And then uh, just a box of rock. Yeah, and then I've got all other mad sounds. That so Keith's is all controlled from the HX. So he's got the two distortions in loops. Yeah, so they're in loops. So he can just trigger different patches with those. Yeah, I, I, I do fill out sounds. So I do, I'll do big, big fat sounds on We Cry and songs like that. Yeah. And yeah, and then I've just got my standard box of rock and the open road that I use for lead lead guitar, you know, and a bit of delay sometimes and some yeah, rotary sort of sounds. And yeah. Keith's going into a two rock studio, but we haven't got it out at the moment. Yeah, this is away somewhere. This is hidden. But at the moment this is a, this is a little uh, at the moment lady. he's going through this laney, which is actually an amazing amp. They're so cheap, but they're great. Yeah. That's what we use for little, little small things sometimes, if we have to. Yeah, it is cool actually. It's really good little amp. Yeah. 
they're surprisingly good. Yeah, so that's our uh, that's mainly our setup. Yeah. That's really cool. That's really cool. I've got uh, the two rock. Um, oh, what is it? Uh, the reverb. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I forget what the heck the name of it is. Classic, classic reverb. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah the two reverb. rock stuff's great. Yeah, they. Yeah, because I, I, I'm. I don't know. Are you guys? Are you guys? Your amps clean? Well, the, yeah, yeah, they must be. You know, unless you're. You know, mine's kind of on the. Mine's on the edge of breakup, really. Both the okay. Deluxe and yeah. the Jumino are quite on the edge kind of thing. I have a bit of crunch on mine added as well. I do have like a little bit, bit of a crunchy, crunchiness yeah. to it. Yeah, I've always yeah. kept my amp clean, you know, real clear. I, I, I like to stack pedals, you know, stack, stack yeah. drives and stack delays. Mm. And, but uh, I've never, you know... We've got a bunch of great amps, you know, because I'm endorsed yeah. by, by Foosh and Little Walter. And I, you know, even with an Overdrive Supreme, which is like a Dumble, you know, it's like, mm. it's it's an amazing amp and I don't need anything else. But for some reason, I just play that sucker clean <laughs> use pedal. <laughs> you know, I, I just, I love fiddling with pedals. I love pedals. Yeah. Are you guys techie like that? I'm getting a feeling that maybe Mike is. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess yeah, Mike's very much so. Yeah. Yeah, Keith uh, Keith's not so uh, no. He's yeah. uh, he's one one guitar man, two pedal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more yeah. into the song like that. I'm more the songwriter and I'll I'll i if I like the sound of it then that's that's cool. You know, yeah. like, yeah, but I don't we've we've got enough stuff to uh to go around for recording, so we share yeah, for, yeah Mike, all the help, Mike helps me out, but yeah. We swap a lot of stuff around. Yeah, yeah, really cool. So, what's on the schedule now for you guys? I mean, are you guys you guys gigging touring now? Are you getting ready to? What's on? Yeah, the we're always we're kind of always gigging. So, yeah, um, yeah it's not really a, a touring thing for us because we're so it's kind of so constant, really. Yeah, doing every weekend we're gigging little festivals and little headline gigs and stuff like that. So, yeah, we're always always doing yeah. bits and pieces, little blues gigs, and so yeah. yeah, we're mainly we're all in the UK at the moment. Um, uh, hopefully in March we might be coming over to the states and doing some showcase things. Yeah. Uh, Texas, um, New York, and somewhere else maybe wow so that'll that, be cool that's really that's really good you know because it's it's not very often that bands from you know that side of the world come over here you know i think ben pool came over here this summer in in august or september for a few dates i think he did a date in canada and he did one or two in arkansas but you know i mean that's like almost unheard of yeah. it's well for this kind of level it's just difficult isn't it because the flights yeah. even that's the that's the crazy the cost, cost and and bringing yeah. any kind of gear or hiring gear you know that's mm. so it's pretty expensive but um but yeah so hopefully we'll be we're coming out to do some some showcasey gigs in a view to come back and do mm. some um some tour supports that's what we're looking at next year supporting yeah. a few people either well hopefully both in america and over here but um yeah, so it's looking looking promising, and you know, for our kind of music, uh, I think the American audience is is a good one for us. Uh, oh. so. Yeah, I think so. I think if if they got a hold of it, you know, and they could, uh, you know, get a chance to see you guys and hear you guys, you, you're probably right. You know, you probably are. I I wish more bands from over there would come over here. You know, 
I really do. You know, like King King and, you know, I'm just a huge fan of, of the Nemo brothers and same with, with uh, Alex Byrot in, you know, voodoo circle and stuff like that, you know, it's like, but they don't, you know, it's like, yeah, it's too bad. It's such a shame. You know, the market here is weird. You know, I'm just going to say it. It's just really, really weird. I don't know if it's because we're oversaturated, you know, to the point, to the point to where, you know, it's not, uh, you know, it's not in, uh, um, you know, it's like over there. I know that if I went to, to Germany and played in Germany, I know that wherever I would go, I'd pretty much have a good audience. People would want to see me if they knew that there was a guitarist from Chicago that played with Buddy Guy coming to town. They would they would want to see us, you know, mm-hmm. but here it's like it, it doesn't really matter because there's so much shit going on and there's so much music and so much noise and it's you know and everything is so much more pop you know than anything that it's it's just really 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 good it's just so spread out as well like we've always had like success in germany you know they're always really supportive of um you know new music and um, Mm -hmm. original music so that's definitely a lot more feasible for us to get over to Germany than it is to, you know, fly all the way out to America. So yeah, yeah for all those bands. But well, you're probably going to, at some, at some point, you're probably going to have to take a look at, you know, using a Kemper or a fractal or something like that. Actually, we, yeah. Yeah. We did actually some of the stuff on that, um, on the new album is Kemper stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. About yeah. But, um, sounds of Kemper, but yeah. yeah, I think that's, that might be, uh, logistically the way to go with some of that. Uh, yeah, tours yeah, cause you, you just profile your own gear. Yeah. Your own sound. And then, you know, what you got a Pelican case and a guitar yeah. and that's all, that's it right there. Pretty amazing. Yeah. It is amazing, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I was blown away first time I heard them. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, you go yeah, see yeah. big bands like Foreigner and White Snake and bands like that. There's no amps on stage at no. all, you know. No. And that's what that's what those guys are using. They, you know, they've got a Kemper or a Fractal, or they might have one head in the back off the side of the stage. And yeah, that's it's it. Just, yeah. yeah, it's yeah, just hard. Right. It's just hard going from what you're used to and what you like. To something that feels like you're cheating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. I think it depends on the size of the gig as well. I understand if you're on all on in ears and it's a big gig and stuff, those things work. But this, yeah, in a small like club gig, there's no substitute for a nice amp turned no, up. Nice. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, guys, I appreciate your time and talking to you and getting to know more about you, and uh, I look forward to you know you guys coming over here. Man, that'd yeah. be nice. I hope we can get to see you, man. I hope we can meet yeah. you. Yeah, that'd be cool. You know, I'm hoping to come over that way at some point, you know, next year. So who knows? Get up and jam with us. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I think I could play. We'll try. <laughs> you, you guys take care in that, and I wish you all the best success, all right? Oh, thank nice you so much, uh, mate. Lovely to meet you, buddy. Take yeah, care. all right. Take care. Nice one, buddy. Thank you, mate. Bye. Bye. Well, I hope that you enjoyed this episode of Guitar Talk with Caruso Fuse and my main guest, Xander and the Peace Pirates. Do yourself a favor, follow Xander and the Peace Pirates on social media. Make sure that you're, you know, uh, adding them to your playlist, you're buying their albums, you're getting a couple of t-shirts, 
You're stocking up on all the swag that is Xander and the Peace Pirates and that I want to thank them so much uh, for participating in an episode. And my friend Steve, tip of the hat to you, my friend, for you know pointing them in my direction and that I really appreciate that. Now, next week, hold on, man. I mean, I mean, literally hold on. My guest next week is Kenny Wayne Shepherd. That's right, Kenny Wayne Shepherd. And I sat down to talk about his newest album, which is a reissue of a historic album for him. It was a great conversation. Kenny is an amazing player with a great history and a great story. So you're really going to enjoy it. So tune in next week right back here on Guitar Talk with me, Jimmy Warren, and my guest, Kenny Wayne Shepherd. Until then, thanks for tuning in. <laughs>